This morning, is it well with your soul? Think of those words. Is it well with your soul? I thought about that. Don't we have a tremendous choir? Gosh. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, give them a hand. I just uh, brought tears to my eyes. I began to think, what a victory we do have in that name, Jesus. I began to think of that holiness that he has that he wants us to have. You know, I, I began to think of some things that just in this past week that have happened in, in, in my life. You know, we just got through going through the time that we celebrated the birth of all births, the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that is holy, the one that does give us that victory. And I, I, I wish this morning that you would turn your Bibles to the first chapter of the book of Psalms. The psalmist is speaking to us here. I thought about all the new year, we're going into a new year, all the resolutions that will be made by people in the next few days that will be self-imposed, it'll be self-willed, it'll be things that we want to change in our lives, it'll be things that we have decided to impose upon ourselves, maybe to make our lives better. I don't know. Sometimes they're self-propelled. We feel like, well, I've got to do this, and I'm the one that has to take care of that. I'm the one that has to make sure that resolution comes to fruition through the year. I don't know about you, but many of us, a lot of us, don't need a new resolution. We probably need a new revelation in our life. And there's nothing new from this Word of God. And so when you get someone that comes up and says, God gave me a revelation, you better watch out. Because if it's not in this book right here, it's not a revelation from God. Because He spoke it all right here in this book. But I began to think of things about the New Year's revelation. Hey, your revelation, I looked that word up in, in, in my Bible program. It says, the act of disclosing or discovering to other others what was before unknown to them appropriately the disclosure or communication of truth to men by God himself or by his authorized agents the prophets and the apostles there's no new revelations some of us in our life we maybe need to take a glance back over our life for the last 12 months and see what we need to change in our lives, not necessarily, you know, there's a lot made. I'm going to lose weight this year. You know, it's like for some of us, Dave, when we say that right here, it's like me saying I'm going to grow hair this next year. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. We make all kinds of things. I'm going to spend more time with my family this year. See, these are all self-willed. They're self-imposed things. And I believe that once again, as we allow this new year to come in, we need to realize how good, you know something, how good God's been to us this past year. You know, matter of fact, some of you, most all of us, just really, let me say it this way. Every one of us, we ought to look at the other ones sitting by us. We ought to give them a high five and thank God for the goodness that he's been to us in this year in our life. Just let somebody know how good that is. You know, I, I, I thought about this too. I got a call last night. And this is a time of the year that there's a lot of, this is the second suicide that I'm aware of 
in the past week, the holidays, the Christmas season, uh, not having family. There's all kind of reasons there, but, but two suicides. Matter of fact, a guy that had not lived in the mission, but has come to the mission several times, has gone down to the Malabar house and, and helped and worked and done things. One of the, a great guy, a great guy. One of the guys that was in the mission for a while and is out there doing okay, he called me last night, and this was his best friend. Pastor Gwen talked about losing his best friend this past week. And he said, Friday night we went out with a whole family, and we had dinner, and we talked, and he said, I could just tell in the conversation that something was wrong. And so as, he, as we went back home and he was taking me home, he said, I did my best to get him to come inside and have a cup of coffee and, and, and talk about it. Let's discuss it. And he wouldn't have anything to do with it. This is a guy for the last two and a half, two, two, two and a half years has been clean, was one time a, a addicted to drugs. And after dropping him off, he drove to a dealer's house and bought a bunch of drugs and went home and wrote a suicide note to his wife and his two children and his mom, um, his dad, because his mom's gone took an overdose of pills and took his own life. You know what came to my attention more than anything? I had talked to him a little bit about the Lord. I, I, you know, he says I'm saved. He says, I know Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. But here's his best friend, says this last night on the telephone. He says, I hope he was saved. He said he was saved, but he never lived a life that even looked like he knew Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. What does our life look to other people? What type of revelation do we need to make in our lives? Many of us will make that about changing our habits of spending money. We'll do the things, like I said, spending more time uh, with our family. Taking care of those bad habits that probably we should have taken care of a long, long time ago. But most of the time, these things that we self-will ourselves, that we self-impose ourselves, we find out that they're great failures during a year. Matter of fact, it says, and, and I studied this out a little bit, of course I get all my information for Google, so don't hold me to that, okay? <laughs> and then I say, okay, Google, tell me this. You know, I found out Google lies to me every once in a while. So I went to several places <laughs> and looked this up, but it says that of everyone that starts a new resolution in their life for the first year that 25% of the people, only 25% of the people are still holding true to that resolution within the first 30 days. So that means 75% of the people have already fallen off from following what they said they were going to change in their life this year. And it goes on and we find out that only about 8% of the people that make New Year's resolutions actually follow them all the way through the year and make that change in their life. The reason I believe that resolutions often fail is because of resolutions, I said, is self-imposed, self-willed, and self-propelled, and because the Lord God is truly not in it. It's something that we desire, something that we decide to do for ourselves. And the truth that revelations come from God and not from man comes through the scripture right here. 
And, and this morning, if you would, if you would look with me, I, I, I want to read the first chapter there. It's just a few verses, but it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. Boy, here comes a strong part. The next verse says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I go back and I think about that guy. Did he know Christ as his personal Lord and Savior? Where is he at today? It's an important decision that we have to make in our lives. May I pray this morning, Father in heaven, as I come before you, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, the one that gives the victory, the one that gives the strength, the one that gives us the ability to live holy. Lord God in heaven this morning, would you just meet with us? Father, I have no idea which way to go, but I know that I serve a God in heaven that does. And Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us in here to reflect back over last year. And Lord, to give you praise and to give you honor for the way that you've blessed us and taken care of us. But also, O oh Lord Jesus, may we look at those things in our lives, those areas of our lives, that sin in our lives that keeps us from being as holy as you want us to be for you, Lord Jesus. Keeps us from being the one that serves you in the way that you want us to serve you, O oh Lord Jesus. And Father, I think of this gentleman. Lord, I pray that if someone's out here today and they, they're not certain about where they would spend eternity, Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would you draw them to the cross of Calvary today? And they make that greatest decision, receive that greatest gift that could ever be given today. And may we give you the honor and the glory for it as we ask it in your precious and loving name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. See, uh, Revelation is a, it, it, it contains God's plan for our life. It, it, it contains, a, it is divinely inspired by the Lord God Himself. Uh, in the text today, the psalmist here, I believe that he has given us a spirit-filled revelation for our lives. I believe that if we follow this, it will guide us into having the prosperous life that we need to have in the new year and throughout the year, in 2020, if we want to call it. But, but notice where he starts there in verse 1. He said, blessed is the man. You know what this generally notes? It generally notes here that, that, that something that God does for us, God, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the one that does the blessing. So often in our lives, we think that we do things to, 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 to get those blessings, but it's the Lord God is the one that blesses us all the time. Uh, the psalmist reveals something that we must do for ourselves here, though, I believe, too. If you carry on there in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
I believe that our part, our part in seeing those blessings or those blessings come is by watching the company that we will tie on to in the year 2020. Sometimes we have to be very careful of those because, see, see he calls them there. If you go ahead and read it, he says, not for us to walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And we've got to watch out for the ungodly. We've got to watch out for those that are the... And listen, when I, when I explain the sinner right here, each and every one of us know that we still live in this flesh. We know that there's times in our life that, that, that sin comes in each and every day because even to have a wrong thought according to the Word of God is a sin. We're not going to live a sinless life, but God in heaven planned for us to do our best to live a life as sinless as we could. And that takes work. That takes staying. That takes being involved in what He tells us to follow to do. The ungodly is the morally wrong here. Those who sin knowingly and, and, and it doesn't have, they don't even care that they're sinning. The sinners are those that just openly sin. And you find that person that openly sins, usually they're the ones that become the, the scornful here because what they'll do if you study that out, they'll begin to taunt you into doing wrong, into sinning in your life. We have to be careful of all three of these. The psalmist is telling us our part of seeing the blessings is probably terminating some of those friendships that we may have right now in the next year. Hey, what I'm saying to you, what I'm saying to all of us today, we have to be very careful of those that we walk with in our lives every day because it is people that will draw you down. I used to tell people all the time that, that, that when, when I was a teenager growing up, you, you know, most kids and most parents and, and, and most people that end up in trouble, you know what's said by parents? Well, they just got with the wrong crowd. Isn't that true? It's because of someone else in their life is a reason that they were drawn away and they got themselves in trouble. And I was one of those kids that, listen, no one drew me anywhere. I went where I wanted to go because I wanted to go there. Matter of fact, your parents probably didn't want, I mean, I've heard parents say this about me. You need to stay away from Buddy Mark because he'll get you in trouble. So that's a true fact. And we need to be very careful of those that we, that, that, that we rule ourselves with, that we put in ourselves. The psalmist is telling us that part of us seeing the blessings is terminating. Some, taking some of those people that are in our contact list out of our phone. Do you understand what I'm saying today? I believe without a doubt in my mind that, that, that you know, whew, you run with the wolves, you begin to howl like a wolf. But see, the Bible talks about these people that are in, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to be sheep, but they're really wolves. See, anybody can talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody can walk with, and, and talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm going to tell you something like this. The, the Bible says that a man will know you by your works, by the way that you live your life. Listen, your works won't get you to heaven, but I'm going to tell you something. You can tell when someone's a true Christian by the works that they have for the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. My dad used to tell me, if you lay down with dogs, son, you always get fleas. And that's the truth. 
We have to be very careful of those that we run with. That's why the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 and, and Corinthians chapter 6 that we are what? We're to come out from among them. So we can live the life that the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to be separated, he says there in verse 17. Not only this year do I believe we need to terminate some of the people in our circle, we need to delete some of those con, con uh, I'll get it right here in a minute, contacts. Tell how much I use my phone, can't you? Somebody said to me just a few minutes ago, said, I don't text. I said, praise God, because I don't either in case I have to. But not only do we need to delete some of those contacts in our phone, the text here reveals to us that we must saturate ourselves in the divine principles of the Word of God. You want to be blessed in the year 2020, you must get into the Bible and you must read it. Hold on, hold on. That's wrong. If you really want to be blessed and see God do great things in 2020, you need to get in the Bible and read it and believe it and believe it. Oh, maybe I'm not right on that one either. If you really, really want to see God do some mighty things in your life in 2020, you must get in the Bible, read it, believe it and pray. And I'm probably not still finished there when I say that. Really, if we, David is saying here that if you want God to be real and live and do well in your life in 2020, you need to get a Bible. You need to read it. You need to believe it. Believe it because he said it in here, not because someone else told you. Learn what he said for yourself, not what somebody else preaches to you, not what someone else teaches you, not anything else except for what the inspired Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart tells you. And then pray, and here's the biggest thing. Apply it to our lives. Apply it to our lives. One, you know, it's time that some of us in here, we need to run away from those others and doing the things that they wish for us to do and begin to do the things that the Lord God of heaven wants us to do. Doing it God's way and not our way, not others' way. And this morning I say, how do we do that? By delighting ourselves in the law of God. You can watch the Lord take off and really grow your faith in this next year if we follow what it says in verse 2. But, in, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. He says delight there. You take that word and you study it out, it means take a high degree of pleasure in doing something. Delight doesn't mean doing it my way. It doesn't mean doing it your way. We delight in oxygen, don't we? But it takes oxygen to live, right? We delight in, in being able to see. We delight in our eyes. And, and, and without it, we couldn't survive. The oxygen, we couldn't survive. We could not see without the eyes. We must delight ourselves in the Word of God. Word of God is our, is our spiritual life support. See, we never think about breathing until we get in a situation in our lives where we have a medical condition that hurts us there or something like that. We never take it a thought on it. We just take it for granted. 
The Word of God is our spiritual life support. That's why we're to meditate in it. That's why we're to be in it day and night, the psalmist says. Not just one time in the morning. Not just coming to the house of God and getting our Bible out. Some people that are here today, you know what you did? You got your Bible out of the back seat or, 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 or off the back console or something like that, and you brought it in the house of God, and the only time that Bible is cracked open and looked at is when you come into the house of God. Come into a, a church meeting somewhere. He says, day and night, day and night. Not only do we need to terminate some people in our circle that are not good for us, not only do we need to saturate ourselves in the Word of God day and night, but the text also suggests to us, I believe that we must stay, must stay. Verse 3 says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, not whatsoever he doeth shall prosper i believe that we must be planted and positioned in the word of god to be productive in this next year may i say this to be productive in our life at all the way god wants us to be sometimes that's hard to stay sometimes that's a tough thing to do but I believe if we're going to prosper, we need to do that. Where it says there, the rivers of life, river, the water, represents actually God's divine supply for our lives. Think about the water. And this morning I could sit here and I could spend the next time just going over and over verses where God is the water. John chapter 4 and verse 14 says what? But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Oh, yes, salvation. But I'm going to tell you something. You keep yourself divined and divided and, and, and you divide this word day and night. You meditate on it day and night and everything. I'm going to tell you something. That word will keep you where you don't thirst, even in those hard times. Even those times when you don't think that you can make it to the end of the tunnel. All of us that are saved, all of us that know Christ as our personal Lord and Savior are compared, I believe, to the tree here. And may I say this, we're not compared to just any tree, not any tree whatsoever, but we're compared to, the, to a tree that's been intentionally planted, intentionally positioned by the Lord God Himself. See, we were carefully chosen. It's Christ's desire that each and every one of us know Him as Savior. Some of us sitting here today, you know a lot about Jesus. I've said this so many times from this pulpit right here alone. I've said this so many times at, at the pulpit at Cedar Rescue Mission. I knew an awful lot about the Lord Jesus Christ. People had a hard time convincing me that I wasn't saved because I prayed this prayer at one time. But the works didn't follow. The change of life, the new creature didn't come about. Buddy Morrow just sort of stayed the same. 
Oh, I got a little step for two or three days, maybe as a youngster. I don't really remember. But really, nothing at all changed about me. And the Bible's so plain about the new creature coming out. The Bible's so plain about us shirking and doing away with the things of old and putting the things of new in our lives, but so often that doesn't happen. So you have to begin to think, am I truly His? I truly have that salvation by grace. Satan, you get planted in the Word of God. Can I say this? Storms are still going to come in our life. I don't care how straight and narrow you walk. Terry said to me, I think it was yesterday, people think she's a goody two-shoes. She's a goody two-shoes. Today's our anniversary. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Tell you what, you give her a standing ovation if you knew what all she had to put up with. But anyway, I love her. Praise the Lord for her. But when we're planting the word, when those winds and those storms of life blow our way, we're, we're planted and we're rooted in this word right here, we can stand. But see, he says he plants us on a solid rock. He's got it all under control, even when we don't think sometimes it's under control. Can I remind us of this, O oh, Satan? See, Satan, he thinks he's somebody. I, I can't understand how he still thinks he's somebody, but he thinks he's somebody. See, there was a time when Satan was there. He, it was a time when he was of the Lord. And then in his life, in his heart, in his being, whatever it may be, he decided that he wanted to be better than God. He, he, he wanted to be over God and sometimes in our life you know something I don't believe we intentionally aspire to be uh, to, to, to be a God or to be better than God or anything like that but let me tell you something when we begin to self-will ourselves when we begin to do things in our own life the way that we want to do it what we're saying is that I am better than you God I can make better decisions in my life than you can for me oh Lord God you have to be very very careful of that right there Satan's going to come after you. He wants to trip the Christian up, but if you're planted and rooted in the Word, you have that anchor, Jesus, that holds you and keeps you going. See, God, His, he, we're created. He was a creator. and We're created, and we were created to know Him. We were created by Him to be Loved by Him. He showed His love by giving His only begotten Son and letting Him go through what He went through. We were created to worship Him. Hey, listen, that worship doesn't mean just on Sunday morning or Sunday night, on a Wednesday. We're to worship Him all the days of our lives. We're to worship Him in what we consider to be the bad times and we're to worship Him when it's considered to be the good times. Matter of fact, we have to be careful that we don't have our own agenda there. Get rooted in the Word, and you'll have that deep root that no matter. You know, yesterday, we have a guy over there by the house, and he took out this old dead 
palm tree about this big around. And he put, I don't know whether it's a palm tree, what it is, but it's about that big around. And that thing is probably 20 foot high. And you know something? It's got a little bitty root about like this. That palm tree they dug out has a root about this big around it. But that little old thing right there has a root like that. And so they planted it. And I went out there yesterday morning to leave. And guess what? It was laying part over in the road where it fell over. There wasn't enough root there to hold it up. Well, guess what? They went over there and fixed that pile and everything. They put that thing. That tree's back in the road again this morning. Because it doesn't have enough root to hold it there. And we in our lives, we don't have enough root. The only way they're going to keep that tree up there is they're going to have to put some type of guide wires on there to hold that thing up. And folks, this is the guide wire to our life. I'm going to tell you something. You can't get through it. You can't get rooted until you begin to love this like you love yourself or more than you love yourself. Hey, listen, I, I can't stay rooted. I, I love her with all my heart, but I can't stay rooted if I'm not loving this more than I love her. And vice versa for her and me. How much do we really truly love the Lord God? How much do we really truly love His Word? I'm going to tell you something. You know how much you love the Lord God by how much someone loves the Word of God. I believe sometimes when we get to that point that you know, the Lord wants to, us to have a life that's filled with fullness of joy. Sometimes the heart, our, our sin, causes us to cross the line between creature and creator. We say, I want to take the center of attention when we don't live the way. When we want to do our own stuff, when we want to do our self-will stuff, we're saying that we want the center of attention sometimes. Be very careful. Sometimes we say, I want my dreams to come true. When God may not, hey, you know what my dream was? My dream was by the time I was 35 years old to have enough money to where I didn't have to work if I didn't want to. I'm just being honest with you. And, and, and I strived that for years. That was all my desire. And then all of a sudden I found out that God had a different direction for me to give up everything I had, to get rid of everything I have, to come and take care of a bunch of snotty-nosed kids. I say that joking. You remember Sarah Beth, don't you, preacher? Man, I'm going to tell you something. Sarah Beth came to our church, gave a testimony. Dr. McGowan got up there and talked about it. They had just been in a camp meeting in, in, uh, in uh, I'll think of it here in a minute, up north. And Sarah Beth was fixing to go to college. And Sarah Beth, one thing for to go to college and uh, at the children's homes, you had to, we had to be able to make sure they got over to Clearwater Christian College. They gave them a free ride and all that kind of stuff. We had to give them a place to stay. And, and, and she had raised money. People had given her money to buy her a car. And she had enough to buy her an old clunker. I think she had about $2,500 or something like that. Well, that wasn't really an old clunker back then. But at a camp meeting, there was a missionary there that needed a car. His car had blown up on the way there. And the guy that was leading the camp meeting said this right here, said, you know, we need to pray for this brother. We need to help this brother out. He needs to get a car. Sarah Beth went back to Dr. McGowan and said, Dr. McGowan, I want to give this guy all the money that I have. God's laid it on my heart. Of course, he did the same thing I'm doing. Are you sure this is what God wants you to do? You know you've got to have a car and this kind of stuff. This is what God wants me to do. 
And so Sarah Beth took all of her money and gave to that missionary that day. They called the children's home and they wrote a check and sent it up there to that missionary so he could get a new car. Dr. McGowan shared that testimony there at the church the day that I believe without a doubt in my mind that God called me to the children's home. And I got there and well, I'm tell you something, Sarah Beth was a pistol. God's used her greatly. She became a missionary and all this and everything. But I want to tell you something. She was a snotty-nosed kid, and I'm sitting here. God used her to break my heart. God can use anybody. Anybody. That wasn't my dream. My dream, and none of my kids are here today, so I can say my, my dream was to raise my children up, get them out of my house so I could go have some fun. I know that sounds bad to some people. I said, man, I, you know, this $25 and $50 here is killing me. And I found out after they graduated and after they got out on their own, that $25 or that $50 went to $200 and $500 and things like that and everything. It's easier to keep them at home and just let them live there. But that wasn't my dreams. That wasn't my agenda. That wasn't what was going to fulfill the life that I thought I wanted. See, when we try to take care of our own dreams, our own self-wills, our own desires, we're not in the middle of God's will. I promise this right here, if you'll get rooted in this book right here, you'll be able to stay exactly where God puts you and do exactly what God wants you to do when you get rooted in this book right here. This one's going to be probably a little bit hard. Some sitting here today, you need a new revelation in your life. And that revelation is salvation by His grace. Salvation by His grace. I thought about this. I've listened to a lot of messages over the years. Lived pretty well in the Bible, in the Bible Belt all my life. Have been a Baptist since the day I got saved. I was raised up Baptist. And we have something that a lot of people call easy believism. Because we believe without a doubt in our mind. I believe the Word of God says this. It is through faith that you're saved. It's through our faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through truly believing, as I've said before, as you sat down in that chair. But believing that Jesus was born of the virgin, believing Jesus laid his life down on the cross of Calvary for us, believing Jesus rose on the third day, and believing without a doubt in our mind or our heart that he's coming again for those. But I hate to say this, churches are filled with people across this land that the only thing, and listen to what I'm saying, don't get mad when they, but the only mark of Christ, the only mark of them being a Christian is that they show up once a week or every two weeks to a church service somewhere. There's no obedience to God. There's no living for God. Their life is just like the guy that we, I talked about this morning. No, no one knows whether he's saved or not. He didn't live a life that would even bring you that way. God expects our obedience, people. That's what he expects of us. Now, I'm, I'm telling you something, we're sinners saved by grace, and, and, and well, he's not expecting us to be totally obedient, 
But he expects us to be obedient. He expects us to live a life to when we're not obedient, when we have that sin, instead of falling backwards and laying down and almost dying, we fall forward because we're trusting him to pick us up and take care of us. So many people in the house of God, they check their list. I've been to church on Sunday. I'm okay. I'm going to tell you something. If that's your life, you're not okay. I'm saying to you today, if that's your life, you're not okay. You're destined for a place called hell. You say, brother, buddy, that's hard. I'm going to tell you what would be hard, would be cruel, if I didn't care enough to say something like that today. It's okay, you can clap. Because I sat in church year after year after year as one of those individuals that checked my name off because I'd been to the house of God made that mark I lovingly tell you don't count yourself in if that's your life you can you should consider yourself lost and endangered of damnation and please don't get mad with me I ask the question today is your life marred by the obedience that you should have with your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I ask this of you. If you were in a court of law, maybe I'll put it this way. If you were in a court of law today and people brought witness after witness after witness, that attorney brought them in, and, 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 and your life was described, would, would those witnesses say, I know without a doubt in my mind that person's going to heaven? I know that person right there. I've watched them live. I know they're a Christ servant. Maybe not would be your answer. And today, if I could challenge you with one thing, is that your revelation for today is that you walk down this aisle and you accept Christ for what he did for you. You trust him fully because the Bible is so plain about becoming a different creature. There's been no change. There's been no salvation. And let me say this to you. You'll never prosper the way God wants you to prosper. Maybe even the way that you want to prosper in this 2020 year that's coming up until you know Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And that obedience that I'm talking about, God wants all of our obedience. He just doesn't want a part of us here or there or whatnot. He, he, he wants every bit of us. Because he gave every bit of himself that day when he laid his life down on the cross of Calvary. How obedient is your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today? How rooted are you in the word of God that no matter what storm, no matter how hard the wind blows, no matter how hard the rain falls down on you, no matter what happens in your life, you can stand there and you can still worship and praise the holy God of heaven that we have. Maybe today you need to walk down here instead of having a New Year's resolution in your life, but have a new revolution in your life that, Lord God of heaven, I'm going to delight myself in your word. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to meditate day and night on you, Lord God. I'm going to fall in love with you like no other time in my life. And no matter whether you become a, mission, a millionaire in 2020, no, no matter whether you lose most of what you have in 2020, 
you got it all under control because you're plugged into the power that gives you the ability to get through it all. How's it going with you today? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. No one looking around today, please. This is, we're starting a new year. We've got a few days left. I'm not sure next week Pastor Gwen will come with a message that will be powerful about the new year. But this morning, think about it. Look back over your life, maybe in the last months and, and maybe the last year, and, and think about this. Would people doubt whether I would be in heaven or not by the way that I live my life right now? Maybe today you need to come down and let somebody take the Word of God and settle in your heart what it really truly means to be saved. And maybe you're standing there today and you say, you know, brother, buddy, I'm not rooted in the Word of God. I'm not allowing it to be the delight of my life. I'm not meditating on, on God, the Father of heaven, day and night in my life. I'm not obedient the way God wants me to be obedient. Maybe today you'd say, brother, buddy, there's some things in my life that I need to change. I want a prosperous year with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all standing, no heads lifted up, no one looking around, please. You're standing there and say, Brother Buddy, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not 100% sure I'm saved. If I died right now, I'm not sure heaven would be my home. Raise your hand very quickly, put it back down. I want to be able to pray for you. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else say, Brother Buddy, pray for me today about my... Amen. Put it back down. Anybody else? Amen. Put it back down. You that just raised your hand, would you look at me? No one else looking around. Would you look at me, you that just raised your hand? Man, if you're not certain, if you're not sure, can I challenge you just to step out right now and let somebody take the Word of God and settle that issue in your heart right now? Just step out. Just step out right now. And let somebody take the Word of God and settle that in your heart today so you start this new year off right. Still with no one looking around and all eyes closed, heads bowed down, you say, Brother Buddy, my obedience isn't what my obedience needs to be for the Lord God of heaven. There's some things that I need to change in my life today. Would you pray for me this morning? I got some sin in my life that I need to lay down at the altar. I need, amen, amen, amen. I'm not going to carry it out very long. Amen. Father in heaven, I come before you this morning, Lord Jesus, and I just think about that guy. I don't want to call him by name, but you know him. Father, I don't know whether he's in heaven or hell. I don't know whether I missed the chance to even be more thorough in Christianity and what it took to go to heaven, Lord. Father, I pray for all of us in here today, including me, that this new year, as we take off in a new year, Lord God, would we commit ourselves to plant ourselves in your word, to, to meditate day and night on you, Lord God, and the things of you. And Father, may we grow to where we can be those servants that you want us to be. So Lord Jesus, as we have this time of invitation, I ask Lord God for these that have come forward this morning. Lord, would you just through the power of the Holy Spirit, would you give them the ability to understand and do exactly what they need to do, Lord Jesus. Lord, for those that raised their hands this morning, 
and said my obedience isn't where it needs to be, my walk isn't where, I've got things in my life. Would you give them the strength to step out and turn it over and leave it at the altar with you today, Lord Jesus? Father, I do ask these things in your son's precious name. Amen and amen.